Hey everyone, welcome to the Vision Church Podcast. I'm excited to get to introduce this topic to you because this past Sunday we talked about one of the gifts of the Spirit, which is the gift of tongues. Probably one of the most avoided subjects in the Bible. I think because it's been so misused, so misunderstood. And so grab your Bible because we give a lot of scriptures for you to look at, for you to verify, and to see for yourself. Um, the gift that has been given to us and how we can effectively use it in our walk with God and how it empowers us, how it edifies us and builds us up in our faith. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. Let's pray for a moment, first of all. Can we, will you put your hands on your heart just like this? Say this after me, Father God, I am asking you for ears to hear eyes to see and a heart to receive what you have for me in Jesus name. And if you agree with that, say amen. 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 It's good to see everybody this morning. Last week, we started to talk about something. If you don't mind me getting a drink there for a moment. We began to talk about something last week uh, regarding the Holy Spirit. We began to talk about who he is, what his purpose is, you know, and uh, he is probably one of the most ignored persons in the Godhead that I've seen, I know in my lifetime. And, and I think there's been confusion about the Holy Spirit. There's been mis, uh, you know, there's been misuse of some things. And so I want to talk to you this morning about a subject that maybe is something that doesn't get talked about in the church a lot. And it may, may be something that could be considered a little taboo um, because of the nature of what it is. And so I'm asking you this morning to judge this by the Spirit, okay? To, to take the Word of God for yourself and to listen to the Word of God and judge it by the Spirit this morning. As last week, we began to talk about the Holy Spirit. We talked about why the Spirit is crucial, and I just want to review real quick. We talked about that He empowers us. When the Holy Spirit came, they were empowered. We talked about how He leads us, He guides us, He gives us direction for our life, and it's important to marry the right person. It's important to buy the right house, amen? And so we need the Holy Spirit's help because we don't always know what the right direction is, do we? And I shared that story about when I was about to marry Nicole and how my dad, uh, with 30 seconds before we're supposed to walk out and said, hey, are you sure? Because we can go get in the car and leave right now. And I remember thinking, wow, that's something to say, right? As you're... But then I realized he wanted me to know. He wanted me to know. And so I love this statement that I heard that I've applied to my life. And that's this, I never step out on what I don't know. You want to make sure that you know something before you step out on it. And then we talked about how he reveals truth. That when I was filled with the Holy Spirit, man, truth began to flow into my life. I began to see the Bible in a whole new way. And then he gives us boldness. So I want to read to you first of all out of John chapter 20. So if you'd turn over to John chapter 20 and then put a finger in... 1 Corinthians 14, because we're going to spend a lot of time in 1 Corinthians 14 this morning. All right, how many of you are ready? Are you? Okay, 
All right, because God laid some things on my heart this morning. So this is Jesus. The disciples are gathered in a place. Jesus appears to them. This is after he's been raised from the dead. This is before the ascension. And he, he stops in verse 22. He says this. He says, then taking a deep breath, he blew on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Interesting thing in the footnotes related to this that the Greek word used there for breathe upon, it doesn't appear anywhere else in the New Testament except right here. It's found again in the Old Testament in the Septuagint back in, in Genesis uh, chapter 2, verse 7, where God breathed into Adam life. You remember that's what he breathed into Adam, he breathed life into Adam. And so the beginning of the new creation, life came through the breath of Jesus. So the mighty wind that came into Acts, into uh, the disciples in Acts 2, was for power. But the breath that Jesus gave was for life. Here's the reason I'm sharing this with you is because this is the moment that the disciples were born again. They made Jesus Lord of their life. It didn't look like coming to the altar and praying a prayer because making Jesus Lord of your life is a decision that you make. I can't see it externally. I remember uh, Billy Graham shared the story about when he was born again and how he answered the altar call and the guy next to him is just sobbing and tears just running down his cheeks. And he said, I looked at him and thought, wow, he's having this huge conversion experience. He said, what's wrong with me? He said, but when I got home, he said, my conscience, the spirit on the inside of him asked him a question. Did you make the decision? Yes, I made the decision. All good. Because it's not an emotional thing, is it? It's a quality decision that we make. So, so the disciples were born again. Now, over in Proverbs 11, verse 31, you don't have to turn there unless you want to, but I want to read this to you because uh, Paul quoted this verse in 1 Peter 4, verse 18. And it says this, if the righteous are barely saved, what's in store for the wicked? In other words, we were saved so that others could be saved. You and I have made Jesus the Lord of our lives, not just so that we can escape hell and make heaven, but so that we can take as many people with us as possible, right? And so we need the Holy Spirit because he empowers us. Now I want to read to you out of Mark 16, and then we'll wind up in 1 Corinthians 14. Mark 16. You don't mind if I share a little scripture this morning, do you? And this is a very familiar verse. It says this, it says, these signs will follow those who believe. Who are be those who believe? They're believers, right? Raise your hand, say, that's me, I'm a believer. Okay, well, if you believe, these are the signs that will follow you. It says, in my name, they will cast out demons. Wouldn't that be exciting if the way that you joined Vision Church was we brought a demon-possessed person down and said, okay, come and cast the demon out. That'd be fun. Uh, <laughs> I think I would enjoy that. Verse 18 says, or the second part of verse 17 says, and they will do what? They will speak with new tongues. And so this is the subject that I want to I handle this morning, and I have to do this methodically and in process because... 
Tongues is something that has been thrown to the wayside, if you will. It's something that I don't hear taught on a lot. I have to go to specific places to hear people teach on tongues, the gift of tongues. It's a gift of the Spirit. But tongues is something that's available to us, and because it's been so misunderstood, and and it's been misunderstood because it's been misused in a lot of ways, what Paul did in 1 Corinthians 14 was he dedicated a whole portion of the letter that he wrote to the church of Corinth to deal with the misuse of tongues. And so he brought correction, but then he brought direction. How to use tongues, what tongues are for, what the purpose is. And I think because of the misuse of it, and I think because of all the craziness, because people no longer begin to seek God, but they begin to seek a spiritual moment, a spiritual experience, if you will, kind of like a drug high. You know, and they begin to seek that instead of the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the presence of God. And so what it felt like to many church leaders was driving through the Ozarks. You're getting thrown around in the car driving through there and they just wanted to stop and get out. And so let's not talk about tongues at all. Let's not incorporate it in our services. Let's not allow it. And, you know, we accept it. And yeah, you know, that's good for you. But as far as our church is concerned, we don't want that. And so as a result, I personally feel, because when we traveled in ministry, we were in a different church every single week. I never heard tongues talked about once, any of the churches that we went to. And I'm not saying that they should have when we were there, but it's not something that you hear. Am I right about it? Okay. Well, and again, I'm setting this up because I, I want you to understand Um, that we need to methodically, we need to take the Bible, the Bible's word for it and not my word for it. So this is why I'm gonna go through and I'm gonna show you from scripture what tongues are, why they're important for us as a believer. So in that verse that I just read, Mark 16, verse 17, that says, they will speak with new tongues. That word tongues means this, of of uncertain affinity, The tongue, by implication, a language, specifically one naturally unacquired. So this is not a language that you can learn. It's a language from heaven. So, and it's one of the spiritual gifts. So 1 Corinthians 14, and go ahead and go there, and we're going to park in 1 Corinthians 14 for a while. All right. So in verse 1, Paul said to the church, he said to the church at Corinth in verse one, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Now in chapter 12, earlier in his letter, he talked about what those spiritual gifts are. And so he shows that tongues is a spiritual gift. It's a gift that's available to us. And again, it's important for us to understand it. So first of all, let me let me. Uh, myth bus a misconception about tongues when I was filled with the spirit I was filled with the spirit at the age of 11 so you'll notice that I took you to a scripture in John 20 and we talked about how the disciples were born again that's important because the day of Pentecost came later and then they were filled with the spirit so these are two different things that happened And so when I was filled with the Spirit at the age of 11, I was born again at the age of six, 
And, and so when I was born, when I was filled with the Spirit, for me, I didn't suddenly turn into a, a Gatlin gun where I was just, you know, and praying in the Spirit, okay? And nothing took control of my body and took control of my mouth and began to speak, okay? What, what happened and what typically happens is some people are afraid of it. And honestly, when I was filled with the Spirit, I was okay with being filled with the Spirit, but honestly, tongues scared me a little bit. It just did. I got to be honest with you because I was like, what is that? And why? Why do I need it in my life? Uh, you know, I mean, and what's it about praying in this different language? And because I didn't have understanding, I needed to get understanding. So it's, tongues is not something that possesses you and, and suddenly takes over your mouth and forces you to pray a certain way. What it is, is you and I, it's the willful use of a prayer language that God has given to us. So you have a will. So you play a part in this. Now I could pray in the spirit right now and I could start and willfully I could pray for a while and I can turn it off. I, I use it at will. So I wanted to make sure that you understood that. Then secondly, praying in the spirit is a gift that God has given for us personally. It's something that he's given us. Every other spiritual gift that he gave was to empower us to serve other people. Okay, so <clears throat> let's talk a little bit about it. What are tongues for? Number one, tongues are used for a sign, for a sign to the unbeliever. Let's read that in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 22. It says, therefore, tongues are for a sign, not for those who believe, but for unbelievers. So what's the example of that? Well, the example, hold your place in 1 Corinthians 14. Turn over to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Aaron, I see you back there running lights, dude. Good job this morning. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Acts chapter 2. You remember in verse 4 that the disciples, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. You remember when the day of Pentecost came, there was a mighty wind that came. And so they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now think about that. It's the Spirit that gives the utterance. And so now there were staying in Jerusalem in verse 5, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of, them hear, each of us hears them in our own native language? We hear them declaring the wonders, in verse 11, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in their own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? mean. So notice that the sign to the unbeliever in this situation was that they were speaking in tongues, but they're hearing them in, the, in their native tongue. And the reason that this is important is because these are Galileans. The disciples are Galileans. And so there are these people from all over at that time, all around the world, and they're hearing them in their language are asking, how is it that a Galilean who's uneducated, unlearned, untrained is speaking in my language, my dialect? The reason? It's a sign. 
When uh, this has happened three different times that I know of in my lifetime, my mother-in-law, I remember she was praying in the spirit one time, not loud, but just to herself, and, and, but she was praying to where the lady next to her could hear her. And she'd never met this lady before, and this lady said, turned to her when she was done, and she said, do you speak? And she named her African language. And my mother-in-law said, no, I don't speak that. And she said, you, will, you were speaking perfect. My perfect language, even in my dialect. So notice that this is a sign to the other unbeliever. My, it happened to my father-in-law. It happened to a friend of mine. So, so tongues, number one, are for a sign. Or do you understand what I'm saying? So in 1 Corinthians, go back there. Let's look at verse 2. This is an important part of this. Verse 2, 1 Corinthians 14. It says, when someone speaks in a tongue, no one understands what he says. Because he's not speaking to people, but to God. He is speaking intimate mysteries in the spirit. So what Paul is saying is the tongues that Paul is referring to are known as languages, but not languages, but spirit-inspired utterances. Okay, tongues for a sign. So that means that if, if it was a language, then God would have said, this is a language. But he calls it tongues. You understand? So that's the first thing. The first thing that it's for is for a sign. Number two, tongues are for interpretation. I don't know, and we've had it happen in here. It doesn't happen all the time, uh, but we've had it happen on occasion where someone gives a word in tongues, and it's typically out loud, but then someone gives an interpretation of what was said because it doesn't benefit you and I if it remains a tongue, right? It's, it's just, I don't understand what you're saying. But that's why I'm up here not speaking in tongues to you. <laughs> I, I've reserved that for my prayer room. When I pray before I come out, I want to talk to God in the spirit. But anyway, I'll explain that in a moment. But, but so, so when this word came forth, then there was a, an interpretation. So notice that it's an interpretation, not a translation. Okay? Because sometimes uh, a, a word in tongues can be longer than the interpretation can, okay? So what type of tongues? This is an important thing. If you're there in chapter 40, 14, look at verse 22. See, because tongues are a heavenly language that no one understands. This is the part, this is the ministry gift. So why is it that not everyone has this gift? Let's answer that question. The answer is found in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 22 and 23. Let's read it. It says, tongues then are for a sign, not for the believer, but for the unbeliever. Prophecy, however, is not for unbelievers, but for believers, a sign. So if the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues and inquire, inquirers or unbelievers come in, will they not say that you are out of your mind? Some people might be saying right now that I'm out of my mind because I'm teaching this. <laughs> It's okay, hang with me, it's gonna be okay. So, so why would they say that? Because when you read these two verses together, it seems contradictory. On one side, you have tongues are for a sign, and then on the other hand, if they hear you speaking in tongues, won't they think you're, you're crazy? 
I mean, it seems contradictory, doesn't it? So in the first tongues, when he mentions the first tongues in verse 22, what Paul is talking about is tongues for a sign. He even says that. But tongues, in the second part, what he's talking about is tongues for interpretation. Because without an interpreter, there's no benefit to the hearer. Does that make sense? And that's why they would say, you're out of your mind. Now look at verse 13, jump back to verse 13 through 15. It says, for this reason, the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret. This is so important. Many times when I pray alone, I will pray in the spirit, but then I'll begin to pray words that I understand. And I ask God to help interpret what I'm praying. Because in tongues, when you pray in tongues and you've been filled with the Spirit, what you're praying is utterances from the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, who is God in us. Right? And so when you're praying that in the Holy Spirit, you want to know what he's saying, right? So he says, pray that he may interpret what they say. Verse 14, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I will pray in the spirit, and then I will also pray in my understanding. I will sing with the spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. We sang a powerful song this morning, talking about cancer. I mean... Oh, man, that song, that's, an, that's a wonderful song. But here's, here's the important thing, is that we sing in English so that you benefit from it. It's powerful. Number three, what else are tongues for? Tongues are for personal prayer. Now, I've talked a little bit about this, but I want to uh, read the scripture on it. Again, in verse 14 of chapter 14. Praying in the Spirit, what it does is it edifies and it strengthens us. So it connects us to the supernatural. All right, so look at verse 14. It says, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So what is the conclusion? I'll pray in the Spirit. We just read this, but I'll also pray with my understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with my understanding. See, my understanding is unfruitful, so I will pray in tongues, but I will also pray with my understanding. And so what he's saying in this verse, the reason I wanted to read it again, is Paul is establishing praying in the Spirit as a form of prayer. Praying in tongues is a form of prayer. Does everybody see that? Okay. All right, so back to verse 2 where it says, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to himself, to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mystery. So you are speaking what God speaks when you pray in tongues. And then in Jude 20, it says this, but you, beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. If he wanted you to pray another way, he would have said it, wouldn't he? He would have said praying with words, but he's saying praying in the Holy Spirit. So this is why every believer should pray in tongues. Right here. When you're praying in tongues, you're praying the will of God in your life. 
because you're praying the Spirit. The Spirit is speaking through you. This is why we're asking God to interpret what we're praying so we understand what his will is in situations. I rem- well, I'll get to that in a minute. All right. I don't want to jump ahead of myself. So is the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit that I pray in tongues? No. You can receive the Holy Spirit. But here's the thing. A person can be filled with the Holy Spirit and not speak in tongues. Why? Because they're not yielded to the river yet. I loved what John Bevere said about this. He said that, that you know, if you stand in a, in a river and it's rushing by you, all you have to do to go with the flow of that river is just yield to it. And that's what happens for many people is they never yield to it. They get concerned. They get fearful. They become afraid that, am I going to get possessed by the Holy Spirit? No, the, the Holy Spirit is not like the enemy. The enemy wants to possess you. He would love to. He would love to control every little thing that you do. This is not God. God gives us free will. That's the greatest act of love that anyone ever received is, is his free will. So you and I can do what we want to do, but we choose to love him, right? Okay, All right, I'm gonna keep going. All right, the Christian life, let me tell you, everything regarding the Christian life is about yielding. You yield your heart to him. You yield your life to him. You yield your plans to him. This morning, I'm yielded to him. Sharing with you, what I know he put in my heart to do. So every person filled with the Holy Spirit has the ability to pray in tongues, but it comes by faith. Everything you do has to be by faith. Amen? And then number four, tongues are also for intercession. For intercession. Let's read, turn over to Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter eight. And I want to read to you out of verse 26 and verse 27. This is important. It says in verse 26 that likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. What weaknesses is he talking about? He answers it immediately following. For we do not know what we should pray. How many of you think that's a weakness? (laughs) It is. And so like I, I, I do a lot of hospital visitation, happy to do it. But I gotta tell you the truth, sometimes I don't know what to pray. I've shared this story before. We had this sweet lady, Miss Emma, who lived down the road from us and she was put on hospice and she was getting older, beginning to decline. And she asked if I would come over and pray for her. What do you want me to pray? Because I knew her will was not that she wanted to live longer. Her husband had already gone on to heaven and she just wanted to go home. So what do you pray in that moment? If you're filled with the Spirit and you can follow his leading, then guess what? He can lead you and guide you and show you what to pray. And so when I got there, I, all the way up, to, I, I, was, I kept waiting for the Holy Spirit to tell me what to pray. And when I grabbed a hold of her hand, the Holy Spirit showed me what to pray. And I said, Father, I thank you that Miss Ella will finish strong. And man, she grabbed my hand and she said, yes, God, yes. Help me finish strong. Help me go home in excellence. Man. All right. Holy Spirit. All right. 
So we don't know. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The Holy Spirit prays according to the will of God. This is how we understand that when we pray in tongues, we're praying the will of God. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness when we don't know what to pray. He prompts us and shows us what to pray. I can't tell you uh, of all the times because there's been so many uh, times where people have come to me and said, I just felt really impressed to pray, so I didn't know what to pray. So I was glad I could pray in tongues because I, I had no idea what to pray. I said, I said, Lord, do you know what's going on? And she began to pray in the Holy Spirit. Well, then she found out that uh, a friend of hers, father-in-law, was taken to the hospital. And it was an emergency thing. He was taken to the ER. She had no idea what she was praying for, but she prayed until she felt released from it. Once she felt released from it, she stopped praying. And she found out that he uh, was in an emergency situation, but they were able to stabilize him. So she had no idea what she was praying for. Isn't that a blessing? So, so I don't know what's going on with other people, but I'm thankful that I can yield to the prompting of the Holy Spirit and begin to pray for other people. All right, so look at verse five, and, and I'm gonna land the plane here. Rebecca, come on up. Verse five, Paul, how many of you know Paul is speaking by the Spirit of God in these letters? They would not wind up in the Bible if they were not the, the, the inspired word of God. So we can say that Paul is God speaking to us, right? All right, so in verse five, he says this, I wish you all spoke in tongues. He's saying, hey, I wish you all spoke in tongues. And, and then in verse uh, well, let me say this too, because Paul gives all these instructions in chapter 14 about the church, the importance of and tongue's place in the church. That he said that if there is a tongue in this environment, in this setting, then there should be an interpretation. He said, if there's not an interpretation, then the person that's about to pray in tongues should keep quiet. So, because it doesn't benefit the church. Everything that God wants to do is, is prophetic and that he wants to encourage, build you up, inspire you, encourage you. But we should not be quick to throw tongues out the window. When he said, this is a spiritual gift, when he said, I wish that all of you spoken tongues I do too in fact another place in that same chapter Paul said I speak in tongues more than all of you <laughs> that's pretty that's a strong statement but then he says this he said but I would rather say five words in English in a setting like this than to utter a thousand words in tongues oh I think we're on the right topic this morning. I know I can tell by the Spirit, we're on the right topic. Because 
so many people are not yielding to what the Spirit of God really wants to do in their heart. You know, we have other services where, where, we, where we get excited and we talk about other things. But this service was important for you because God wanted you to receive a gift this morning that maybe you've been pushing away from you. You haven't received it yet and you want to. And it's so easy to receive it. It's so easy. Well, Phil, what's the benefit? You need to go back and listen to last week. All the things that come with the infilling of the Holy Spirit and all the things that God wants to do in you and through you. I'm excited about what God wants to do because I'm looking forward to more signs, wonders, and miracles happening here at Vision. Amen. When we pray for people and we see God move in their life. This past Monday, we were praying in the Spirit. Um, it was soak. And soak is, an, is something that happens at our house. We get together and we pray. We just spend an hour and a half in prayer and just, just laying before God. There's no agenda. And everybody finds a spot and we, we, we just spend time with God. Well, um, well, the Eckies came, and I remember Ryan came with him. I see, I see his brother here this morning, and Randy, yeah, uh, Randall, sorry. And so, so you know, they came, and I, and I saw them coming in from their car because you know we got that big window in the front, and and I could tell he was really struggling to walk, to come in, and he was, I could tell he wasn't feeling well. He even even told him, I think I need to go back home. I think I need to go back home. But they got inside and, and, and he sat down and he began to pray. And, and we were praying for him. And I know he's, he's filled with the Spirit. In fact, last Sunday, he, you know, we prayed for him again. And man, he was praying strong. And so as he's praying, he's sitting there on the couch and I just began to pray for uh, Ryan and I, and I'm not, don't mean to point me out, I'm sure other people are, we're praying just as much for him and you know but I could see him there and so it just it was in front of me and I just really wanted to you know center my focus my prayers on him and as he pray as as he's praying as we're praying as his mom and dad are praying and others that were there and we're praying in the Holy Spirit suddenly he stands up and he walks over to the window and he starts bouncing up and down and he starts walking over here real fast and he comes back over here real fast and and I hear clapping and shouting going on and I thought what in the world is going on and I turn around and look and I see him I didn't see all that initially and I see him I see his body being strengthened about you but I would a little bit rather fight a good fight of faith than just succumb to what the enemy throws my way I would a little bit rather put my fists up and start swinging pull my sword out and start whacking the enemy as hard as I can I don't want any more to, to just well some kind, sometimes it's God's will to heal them in heaven 
Well, that's interesting because I don't remember Jesus ever saying that. I don't remember Jesus, his life on the earth, ever saying, hey, well, they'll get healed. I couldn't heal you down here. You'll get healed in heaven. I think that's a cop-out because he's given us Jesus, when he was filled with the Spirit, was suddenly filled with the anointing to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. I would rather be caught laying hands on the sick and praying for someone than to just tap, pat him on the shoulder and say, I'm, I'm with you, man. I hope you get better. Hope it works out. Phil, can you explain why, why some people don't get healed? No, my best effort, I can. But it doesn't change what the Bible says. Didn't doesn't change what Jesus did. He's our example, right? And so, so my heart is, I want us to have everything that's available to us. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning, and I'm just going to ask you to put your hands in the air like this. Close your eyes. Center your focus on Him this morning. And if that's you, and you say, Phil, I, I, I have not received the infilling of the Holy Spirit, but I want to this morning. I want what God has for me. If that's you, I'm gonna ask you to repeat this prayer after me. And I'm gonna ask all of us to pray it together, whether you want it or not. Just let's all, let's all pray together. And then what's gonna happen is the Holy Spirit's going to fill you and each of you are gonna to begin to pray in a language that's not your own because he can do it. If you'll yield to it, it can happen for you. So with your hands in the air, let's pray this out loud together. Father God, thank you for the salvation that you've given me. Thank you for the spiritual gifts that are available to me. Right now, I ask you for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, fill me with your presence now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father. I receive by faith and I yield now to the Holy Spirit. Now, just right where you're at, begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. Right where you're at. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search Vision Church. If you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give.